Hello and welcome to a special episode of Story Screen Presents My Friends, My Family, My Fellow Ghouls and Goblins. Spooky season is upon us. It is our favorite time of year. My name is Jack Kolodzeski, and I'm joined today by my brother, Jeremy Kolodzeski. What's up, gobblers? Hello, Jeremy. Hello. No, gobblers is, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. That's Don't so get scary. too ahead of yourself. Well, there's, we'll get there's there. a different kind of gobbler on Halloween. Hey, whatever kind of goblin you want to do on Halloween, that is not, I'm not here to yuck your yum. You do whatever you got to do. Um, but we're not here to talk about any of that stuff. We're here to talk about scary movies. Jeremy, you like scary movies? I'm a fan. Is that some is that something you're into? Um, I'm into them. Yeah, you've seen you've seen a couple scary movies. I've seen a few. Well, if you, uh, dear listener, um, are a fan of scary movies as well, perhaps in the past you've seen that Jeremy and I put together a special Halloween list for October every year uh, for the past few years here uh, called Story Scream, and in which we list out. A bunch of movies uh, that you can go ahead and check out and watch if that is your inclination to do so. Um, we uh, we put together this list together this year, and we, um, like previous years, have 31 movies that we have curated for you, the audience. We have made sure that none of these movies are repeats, right, Jeremy? That's right. We uh, We have carefully selected 31 fine films across... A menagerie, a menagerie, if you will, of uh, of different movie streaming services. So whatever, whatever you got, you got Criterion, you got Netflix, you got Hulu, whatever. We have a movie that you, we have several movies that you can go check out, uh, so that you can enjoy your spooky season as we here at Story Screen enjoy our spooky season. So Jeremy. Uh, what are we what are we doing today? You you uh, I've, I've talked enough. You 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 rap a little bit. What what's what's going on here? What are we going to do on this podcast? Well, we are going to go through each film and we are going to like give like a little brief little log line of uh of what the movie a is, rundown. a little rundown of what it is and um we're going to go category by category with the streaming services. We very conveniently uh, organize them by streaming service for everyone and uh, we're gonna talk about why we put each film on the list and uh, what these films may mean to us absolutely so, so we are not gonna waste any more time because we have 31 movies to get through and uh, well we don't really have a timeline but we're gonna try to keep this brief so uh, let's hit this first one we're gonna start off with a, a couple movies on the criterion service um, so if you're a say a, a film aficionado one of my uh, one of my favorite like, streaming services yes well you do I would say maybe fancy yourself a film aficionado no Jeremy it's not just that I just appreciate how uh, how criterion like curates their their service it it feels like it's a service that like actually cares about uh getting you to see like what's on their service which is more which c- can be more said than some other services yeah we'll hit netflix next yeah <laughs> and uh i think criterion has the best search function of any streaming service i've ever seen it's so robust and you can you can find 
pretty much whatever you're looking for through a, mm. a nice a nice variety of options. I do love a robust search, including yeah. searching for these films. First, yeah, Jeremy, these pretty much these are. I'm gonna just admit here, right up top, you're you're the uh, the one with the film degree. These are all your choices here, so. I'm gonna let you take it away with these these three movies so, on, on this part of the list. So first, we are going to start with a uh, film from the late '90s. It is a Japanese film called Cure, directed by Kyoshi Kurosawa. It is a um, it is a horror, and it was also a like mystery detective film. It has a lot of film noir elements, and it has a lot of like. Um, this came out in like the J horror renaissance in the late '90s and early 2000s, so it shares a lot of uh, a lot of DNA with like Ringu and Juan and um, that would be uh, that would be uh, the Ring for our non-Japanese speaking listeners, and also that's the Grudge Juan, right? Yes, yes, those are the original titles for for those films and audition. That's another great one. And I think Cure doesn't get talked about as much when it comes to like the canon of uh, Japanese horror, cin- horror cinema, especially compared to the other Kiyoshi Kurosawa film that we actually have on the list, which we will talk about later. But Cure is is very compelling, very trippy. It has a lot of elements of like uh, hypnosis in the narrative, and it's about like searching searching for murders and it's always keeping it guessing and it has so many great twists and turns um like it's hard to talk about it without getting into like specifics and spoilers but like yeah yeah we're gonna keep this spoiler free we're gonna keep it light we're just gonna give you a little taste of each of these movies so how about the next one the bird with the crystal plumage yes uh it's also an italian no should i even bother trying to do the italian name I, no, go ahead. Bother doing the Italian name. <laughs> Luciello Dale Piome de Cristallo. Bueno. Yes. I just love saying the names of these movies and their original Italian names because it's just fun. Sure. But, Italian's fun. But What's up with that one? I haven't seen I've not seen I've I've seen the third one on this criterion list, but I've not seen this one either. So this will be fun for me as so well. So The Bird with a Crystal Plumage is a giallo film and uh, giallo was it was a uh is a specific subgenre of italian horror cinema which so features, it's the ice cream right um well it's it's very creamy in a way it's like wow. for the uh <laughs> well it's specifically like the blood color of 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 like italian giallo is like very creamy in a way because i think they use like very like syrupy um thick content for the blood but anyway um it's a very specific genre it uh it paved the way for the slasher genre in in the west in a lot Probably, of uh, in a lot of big ways suspiria is the one that most Suspir- people would know suspiria, whether they know definitely. what giallo is or not yeah suspiria would be the one Sus- to think of suspiria is yeah is definitely like the most famous one and suspiria was directed by dario argento but the Bird with the Crystal Plumage is the very first film by Dario Argento. So if you decide to go on a big giallo binge this this Halloween, uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage is a fantastic start 
because uh, it's you get to see Dario Argento uh, really um, figure out his voice uh, in in a in a really in a really great way. It also has a um, the music is by Ennio Morricone, um, and the cinematography is by Vittorio Storaro, who shot Apocalypse Now. And it's it's a really it's a really like beautiful and very I've already used the word hypnotizing to describe to describe Kira, but this is like a very like I wouldn't exactly call Jalo movies particularly scary, but like the way the, the visuals and the music come together with so many like beautiful eye popping colors, it just it just kinda lures you in. It it, it hypnotizes you while you're watching it and uh the bird with a crystal plumage is a great example all right all right hey listen if you're not sold after that one there's gonna be a long podcast for you so uh what's the next one the next one is manhunter yeah manhunter manhunter yeah not hannibal hannibal not yeah yeah, not the most uh not exactly a traditional horror film but like i feel like it's key to have a hannibal lecter film in um in the lexicon of uh of horror lists and maybe this one is you know a little under the radar for a lot of people if they might have seen silence of the lambs or the the hannibal tv show or any of the other movies they might not have heard of manhunter um but it is a familiar story probably if you've seen any of those other ones because it is it's essentially red dragon it is essentially red dragon it is essentially the third season of hannibal but it's through the lens of Michael Mann, especially 80s Michael Mann. So it's extremely stylish. Michael Mann facts. Mike- <laughs> yeah. And it uh, stars uh, William Peterson from CSI. He plays Will Graham and um, Brian Cox. Uh, he's the first the first person to ever play Hannibal Lecter on screen. He's not in it that much. The, the, the film more focuses on... Um, on the red dragon on, yes on on the red dragon and it's it's uh it's it's a very very thrilling movie it's it's like it's one of michael mann's best um and if you're, right. if you're into michael mann's style it's i mean like, michael mann has a lot of heaters so if you're saying that that's one of michael mann's best then yeah there's like out. it's like michael mann has like very specific eras where he makes like very different kinds of films for like each decade like um like manhunter is pretty different from heat which is pretty different from like miami vice but i think i think manhunter is like is like toe-to-toe with the original thief in terms of like his 80s era all right Uh, nice and and man manhunter can get pretty scary especially towards the end so it's well We'll let our listeners decide that one. Um, so that's that's it for Criterion, right? So now we're going to move on to Netflix. Um, so, man, Netflix. Everybody's got Netflix, right? Everybody's at least got a Netflix password. I think we maybe we struggled a little bit this year with our our Netflix offerings, but we did find some stuff. Um, so the first one on our list from Netflix is a movie called His House. Jeremy, have you seen this one? No, actually, that one actually passed me by. I remember hearing about it. Um, yeah, I remember hearing it, about it last year, and it stars. Mm-hmm. It stars an an actor from one of my favorite TV shows, 
of last year, uh, Gangs of London. And uh, which actor is that? Do you know his name? Uh, I, I, I don't want to butcher. It's a, it's like Sope Derisu. Yeah, I'll give you that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Matt Smith is in it. I don't think a lot of people know that name, probably. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah, this is a cool. I did watch this movie last year. I think it might have made it onto my list last year, actually. Um, or if not, it was definitely in the running, um, because it is about a uh, refugee family from Sudan who moves to the UK, um, and essentially move into this house that's provided to them by uh, the UK government. Um, and it's kind of it, you know, it's horror through the lens of refugees escaping a war torn country. So it's like very. Um, you know, in that lens of kind of more, um, creating empathy, I think for probably a situation that, uh, you know, maybe a lot of Western viewers, especially are not as familiar with, um, uh, I think it uses horror effectively to really put that into perspective. And it's got, you know, thinking back on it now, there are definitely similarities to like Candyman and the way that it leverages like folklore mm. um, to create tension here. Okay. It also, under, this is a movie that understands that especially Brit- British teenagers are fucking terrifying. Oh, man. So, yeah. This isn't on the list. Little, have you ever seen Eden Lake? I have not seen Eden Lake. Oh, my no. God. That with Eden Lake with Michael Fassbender, probably the most hein- heinous dis- uh, de- uh, depiction of horrible British teenagers I've ever seen. That movie gets under your fucking skin. British children are, are deeply scary. Uh, avoid them, especially when there's, you know, more than two or three in a pack. Um, yeah, steer clear of that. Uh-huh. So next on the list is Cadaver. Um, this is a movie that neither of us have seen, right, Jeremy? Yeah, admittedly, but um, which is you know that happens with these lists. Some of this, this list, these lists were born originally out of us just putting these together at the you know pre October. So we had kind of like a bunch of movies that we wanted to watch, um, and then you know we just started posting them on on Story Screen's website. So um, this is a, a new one for both of us. It is a Norwegian film. Uh, directed by Gerard Herdal, probably butchering that as well. Um, but you know the the trailer just had a pretty like cool vibe to it. Um, uh, it it's kind of like post apocalyptic. Um, yeah, I I honestly don't know that much about this one, but uh, you can check out the trailer on our list. It probably would do it a little more justice than both of us schmucks who haven't even seen the fucking movie yet. So, um, but. That one looks cool, and and it is on available for you to watch on Netflix. And then after that, we've got Crimson Peak. Yes. Um, which have you seen Crimson Peak, Jeremy? Because this isn't going to be a new one for me this year as well. I, I, I've not I, seen I Crimson saw it in the theater when it came out. Did you? Like, all those all those years ago. I I remember enjoying it, but like I don't remember like a ton about it besides like mm-hmm. key like visual moments. But well, it is, it is a Guillermo del Toro, yeah. so the striking visuals are bound to be in there. Absolutely. And it's starring uh, Tom Hiddleston. Is it a vampire movie? No. No, not a- Is it kind of a vampire movie? It looks like a vampire movie. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, Guillermo del Toro doesn't like calling this a horror movie. He likes calling it a gothic romance. Okay. Which is which is pretty funny. Sure. Um, 
maybe that's where I'm getting the vampire vibe. Yeah, from, is yeah. the sort of gothic romance. It, it definitely, it definitely owes a lot of its like visual references to, uh, to like German expressionism and like old Universal horror movies and whatnot. So it, in in some ways, it feels like a tribute to that. And uh, I mean, like Guillermo del Toro loves his his monsters. He loves his horror history. And um, Crimson Peak doesn't really get uh, get brought up as much in the Guillermo del Toro canon as much as uh, as Pan's Labyrinth or Shape of Water or even sure. I get I guess like I, Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah. But uh, Crimson Crimson Peak definitely has its audience, and it's 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 definitely worth watching. It's 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 a bit not that the movie does really anything uh, controversial. But but you know audiences are split on it, but it's it's worth it's worth seeing. All right, as a visual feast, at the very least. I mean, Guillermo, if nothing else, will provide you a visual feast. Yes, he is known. Yeah. He's known for this. Uh, the next movie on our list is called Alive. Um, again, this is a movie I've not seen, but it definitely drew my eye. Um, hashtag alive i guess if you're going to be proper but it's a south korean movie um about a, a streamer who basically gets caught up in like a, a zombie apocalypse have you have you seen this one yet jeremy no no i haven't but it seems like it's definitely going for the same kind of vibe that uh trying to busan did sure a few years ago the, the zombies seem to be um acting very similarly and it's like that kind of like high octane um, very fast-paced zombie film, um, and it's it seems to be going for a uh, a, a, sat- a satirical edge, commenting on um, being perpetually online and uh, it's always trying to uh, go for social media clout in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, which is a pretty interesting premise. I like that. I like that angle. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, there was that. There was that movie last year. Uh, with the Stranger Things kid, which mm, I, I forget- gotta give me more than that. Uh, God, what was what was the name of that? Those little fuckers get up to all kinds of stuff. I know I can't keep track of all of them. Um, Spree, 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 right, right. Yeah, um, I did not see that, that one. That which has did a very similar, um, which has a very similar angle, very similar themes of. Of like making fun of or satirizing um, uh, online social media life, but I don't feel as though Spree really lived up to that. Sure, fully. Well, so. maybe maybe Alive will fare better. We'll see. Um, the next one is the Clove Hitch Killer, which is one of your picks, Jeremy. So you want to tell me about the Clove Hitch Killer? Yeah, I have only one of these on this Netflix. Um, section have i seen so, so i've got the, some movies movies to watch the clovich killer you know what you know what's funny um the you remember the kid detective yes which i just watched fairly recently yeah and enjoyed quite a bit yeah the clovich killer and the kid detective if you've if you've seen the kid detective the clovich killer it feels like it shares some of the same kind of dna Okay, but the Clovich the Clovich killer is not nearly as comedic. Like the Clovich killer is more or less like a very 
it's like has much a much more serious tone and it's like okay. it's a little bit of like comparison with the the kids detective and also i could also compare it to super dark times which, okay. which we've had sure. on a, right. which i think we've had on a previous list yes where i'm pretty sure we've had that it's about this um this suburban town where these like several several women were murdered years ago and then one day the the killings just stopped and nobody ever figured out who the who the killer was and it's about it's from the perspective of this teenage boy who is starting to like kind of uncover and kind of figure out that that killer from many years ago might be his dad oh fuck yeah that's not good. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's it reminds me a lot of like early David Fincher. Cool. And All right. yeah, yeah. It's kinda it's kinda like a suburban seven in a way. It's like it's very it's very quiet. It's very it's very reserved. Like the, the cinematography is not very flashy, but it's like very specific and purposeful. Cool. Yeah. That sounds good to me. It's it's an it's a good it's a Good little indie horror film. Fuck yeah, we love that. We love an indie horror film. Yeah. So that does it for Netflix. So the next the next service we've got is uh, is Hulu, and Hulu I think is pretty solid for horror movies. Um, Hulu has some good shit on there, and a lot of the ones that we picked this year are more recent ones. Um, the first being uh, a movie that I watched earlier this year and really enjoyed, and would actually like to see again. It's called The Vigil. Have you seen this movie, Jeremy? No, I haven't. So this is a movie um, about a guy who was formerly in the Jewish Orthodox Church in New York City. Um, he leaves the church um, for his own reasons um, and is is asked uh, by a by, uh, someone he knows, um, a, a member of the church, to come back and um, fulfill the the uh, the duties of a shomer, um, which. I didn't know this, but it's kind of like a, a, a Jewish ritualistic practice where the 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 you're basically like kind of uh, watching over someone who has recently died and kind of shuttling them into the afterlife by kind of performing this ritual overnight. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, a movie I like very very much called A Dark Song, um, in the way that A Dark Song is very steeped in um, kind of Christian lore, um, the vigil is steeped in in Jewish lore, um, and it has that same sort of like it all takes place in this one house for the most part. Um, and I really, it's got some really good, really really spooky scenes in there. Um, uh, yeah, so if you've seen a dark song, I think Mike showed a dark song for for one of the uh, the story screen Halloween festivals uh, in the past. And, uh, yeah, so check that one out if you like that. And then the next one is another movie that I like, uh, that I know you don't like as much, Jeremy. Although, did you ever actually finish this movie? I finished it. You did finish it eventually? I I, I didn't, I didn't, like, dislike it. I was just a little underwhelmed. But it, it, it might be more for a certain, I know you really liked it. So. I like this movie quite a bit. I don't like everything about this movie, but the parts that I do really like, I like a lot. Um, the movie's called Come True. Um, it is a movie very much about uh, dreaming 
um, and and specifically uh, kind of sleep paralysis. It gets into some of that territory. Um, but I think it has a really creative like visual style. Um, it kind of is playing with um, almost like it follows with the like sort of unstuck from time. Like it's hard to get a real sense of like exactly when or where this takes place. Um, and it and it gets into some of the, you know, sleep paralysis, shadow people sort of stuff. And it also, let's say, expands from there. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I will say up front, I don't love the ending of this movie, but I think that the, the parts in there that it does well um, are really cool. And that makes it worth checking out. Mm. So um you put on this next one jeremy so you you can uh you can tell us about this so this one came out last year it's called alone directed by uh john hyams and john hyams is i think one of the most underappreciated action directors of of the modern age he um how's he do with horror though but because one thing that he does really well is he blends horror and action like almost perfectly he, okay, he, I like that. He uh, he directed um, a direct-to-DVD sequel to Universal Soldier. He directed two of them, actually. Universal Soldier Re- Regeneration and Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, which are okay. two yes. which are two of the like most like low-key best action movies of the last decade. Um, but Anyway, just that's just a setup. I've seen a lot of people talking about Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning online, and I've added that one to my list because I do really want to see that. It's wild. Anyway, Alone. Alone is his most recent film, and it's it's a lot like The Hitcher, kind of like a more modern version of The Hitcher. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, sure. um, where this woman gets kidnapped by a... Uh, a man in his car who wants to do her harm she eventually escapes and the whole movie is basically just her um running away from from this guy like okay, it's in, cool. it's entirely a chase film but it's it's directed very well and if you're into like road chase movies like the hitcher or like the original mad max films with with a bit more of a horror tinge to them i i recommend alone Nice. And that's not the only chase film that's on our list this year. So stay tuned. Um, the next one we got is called Rare Exports. Uh, I watched this one last year for the first time. A Christmas and tale. was a Christmas tale. What's this, yes, doing, what's so. this doing on a Halloween list? Well, Jeremy, let me tell you, uh, Rare Exports, maybe it'll get you just in the mood ready for, for Christmas. So maybe you save this for the end of October. But um I think honestly, the less you know about this movie, the better off it is. But um, it is a a Finnish movie um, about this family who uh, raises reindeer um, and they export reindeer uh, around the world for, you know, people's, I don't know, Christmas shit. People order reindeers. Um, And (laughs) let's just say they catch Santa Claus um, without getting too deep into it. Um, and well, it's a horror movie, so I'll kind of let your imagination fill in the rest there. But if you have not seen Rare Exports, it is, I would say, I would describe this one as delightful. It is like just a, a, a fun, scary movie that is a little bit Christmassy, a little bit horror, but it's a, it's a very good time. 
Yeah. Um, when when the movie, I remember when it first uh, came out, like ten or so years ago, I was hoping that rare the term rare exports was more of just like a blanket term for the um, like I thought they were going to start a franchise. Mm, and it's, sure. and it's kind of a sh- it's kind of sh- kind of a shame that this specific kind of movie didn't become like more of a thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it does make it kind of one of a kind. It is yeah. definitely one of uh, definitely definitely one of a kind. It is certainly not like anything else that's on this list. So, uh if you if you have not seen that one, I would definitely recommend checking that out. And I am recommending you check it out cuz I wrote a whole f- fucking list of movies to check out. So, uh, we wrote a whole list. So the next movie is Bram Stoker's Dracula, Hell which is yeah. one that's been on my list to watch for a long time, oh, and I've not seen it's this. It's so good. It's <laughs> it's it's essential. Like one of the most gorgeous movies of the nineties, with such like immaculate set design, immaculate practical effects, costumes. Like it's just. Every technical aspect of Bram Stoker's tra- Dracula is is perfect. Like I mean, it's Coppola, no? Yeah, yeah. It's Francis Ford Coppola. He really went all out in in making this. And after such a, like a hard, he had such a hard time in the eighties. He he really got to got to really make his his vision with this. And there's there's so many great performances gary oldman as a titular dracula is just like is an all-timer um anthony hopkins as van helsing is great uh keanu reeves um has kind of is <laughs> hey everybody loves keanu okay you better not say anything I, nasty i'm about, not about, saying about i'm here. not saying i'm not saying anything nasty about keanu but unfortunately the role that he got was a little bit outside of his um wheelhouse at the time um okay and he tries he tries to go for something in bram stoker's dracula that i don't think he quite had the ability to 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 go for which is which is unfortunate it doesn't bring the movie down all that much but there are certain acting choices that keanu (laughs) <laughs> makes in the film that uh stand out a, a, sure. a little bit and if nothing else keanu certainly makes some acting choices yeah, in his career but yeah for sure but but honestly like the movie has such like kind of like a a playful tone to it like it's it's like really it's it's like an amalgamation of like the like the 100 years of how dracula was portrayed prior to this movie like melded into one like it's got elements of the Bela Lugosi Dracula it's got elements of of the Nosferatu uh Dracula it's got elements of Christopher Lee and it's and it's all put together into this one unique extravaganza of cinema god damn I want to turn this podcast off and watch it right now yeah yeah I I I think it's a it's a true modern classic but we're not there yet Dear listener, we've got some more movies to go here, um, but I won't fault you if you pause it right now and go check out Dracula. We'll wait for you. You can come back. Um, that's it for Hulu. Now we're moving on to HBO Max. And Jeremy, this next one is one I know that you is very near and dear to you. So take it away. Um, this 
unless something comes something else comes along that really blows it out of the water i think the empty man might be my number one of 2021 whoa yeah the empty man um technically it's 2020 film but uh disney but this movie really fell victim to the um the disney fox merger and um and also wasn't there something else last year that happened that kind of fucked up movies and stuff yeah there was something else that kind of fucked up movies but like pandemic or not this movie got a fucked release Hmm. it was but it's it's definitely having its moment in 2021 it is yes ever since it came on to onto streaming and onto digital services it's really starting to find a cult audience and why was it actually in theaters last year very brief. Were, very, no the- very, there were no what? Very when? briefly what? for like one hmm. weekend, hmm. and then it was okay. like immediately taken out. Okay, it's like the it feels like the only reason they put it in in uh, in theaters was like just for a fucking write off, just so they could say they did. Well, they probably had the biggest opening of that weekend. <laughs> but the Empty Man is a uh, is a very rare kind of kind of horror it's it's a modern horror epic like it it has a scale to it that that very little horror movies have this year and that scale just like really enveloped me much like much like the previously mentioned cure i will the and the empty man has a lot of parallels to like Kiyoshi Kurosawa's filmography and David Fincher's filmography. The uh, director. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Fincher. In the there. the director of this film, David Pryor, uh, has collaborated with David with David Fincher in the past, and like I, he's definitely learned a lot from Fincher. And it's this, it's this mystery about this man trying to figure out what happened to these missing kids in the small suburban town. And how they're connected to this mythical entity and this like this urban legend known as the Empty Man. It definitely has some like, let's say it. it if you watch the trailer, it feels reminiscent to like a Slender Man kind of folklore sort of thing. But that is so such a small piece of what this movie is. And I think elaborating on that would be to do an injustice to this movie. Yeah. But you are right. It definitely it goes places, yeah. and there's definitely a grander sort of air of mystery to this one that is that is pretty that is really cool. Yeah, and it's as it goes on the 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 the, the way the mystery unravels and the way it it just it really sucked me in, and yeah. the, it it deals with some themes without getting into it that are kind of close to. Um, close to my heart which is like how people can really be um can really be get their great their brain scrambled by by certain cult-like institutions and and uh how in like an outsider perspective sees 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 it and the um i i'm blanking on the main actor's name but he does such like a good job playing this like he plays a very noir like protagonist where he's yeah where he's searching through this 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 mystery and how he's he 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 brings a lot of levity to it 
James Badge Dale. James Badge Dale, that's his name. Oh yeah, and Stephen Root is in this movie and too. And Stephen Root is in it. He he plays yep. a very small, great role. And oh, like, he's every time he shows up somewhere, it's like hell yeah. Yeah, the Empty Man is is quite different than um, a lot of a lot of modern horror releases. But sure. but what it does, I think it does beautifully, and I think it deserves a bigger audience than it uh, than it currently has. That is for sure. It's definitely hit that like cult status, yeah, uh, this year, and I think it's only going to grow from there. Yeah. And I mean, that is one of the aims of this list that we put together every year is to not only give some variety um, and have some kind of you know different flavors of you know horror is such a broad term. Um, we want to present, you know, unique things, different things, different eras, different genres, subgenre of horror. And yeah, Empty Man is a special one for sure. Which I think you could say about this next movie on our list too, which you've probably heard of, um, because it's been definitely talked about a lot, but I think more people need to see it or at least not that many people saw it in a theater, but the next one is James Wan's Malignant. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely the most recent re- release that we have on this list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Within, like, weeks, right? Yeah. Probably the most recent release that's ever been on one of these lists. Yeah. Although, we've definitely done ones that are, like, going to release on these lists before, so. Right, right, right. Man, Malignant is so dumb, but it's so fun. I, but it's, it's so. It's not, okay, it's presented dumb, but it's smart in the way that it's, like, doing a lot of different things in a cohesive way that just kind of sails. It turns, it turns trash into like, in, into art. Well, that's, that's kind of trash is, I art. mean, that's horror in general. Is it, not, is it not in a lot of ways, but it pulls, it pulls off its insane batshit premise with such grace that it's, it's a really, it's a really special thing. It's quite a sight to see. Yeah, it is certainly a sight to be old. Like you can't talk too much about it without really talking about how the movie plays its hand. But sure, it kind of starts out as one thing and then becomes something completely different. And it it really showcases James Wan's all all the abilities he's he's really um, developed within his long. Uh, with his with his like two decade career since the first Saw movie, and it really incorporates all of the things he learns from all of the movies he's made. Uh, let's just say that, it, that includes some of his non horror movies. Sure, yeah. I I think also it's probably fair to say that this is, if not the probably one of the higher budgeted movies on this list. Yeah. And I think James James Wan has earned that over the years. Yeah. Which is what disappoints me that it, it had such a poor, like theatrical um um box office because it's a bummer that, you know, it maybe might not pay off in the studio's mind, although HBO Max definitely makes that a more complicated thing. I'm, Most, I'm guessing the majority of people that saw this movie, including you and I, saw it on HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of people have watched this movie. It's yeah. just like very little people went to go to the theater to see it. Right. I mean, you know, 
people have which, their reasons for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. And but it's it's kind of a shame because this is like the perfect kind of movie that I would have loved to watch with like a full oh crowd. Same. Oh yeah. <laughs> just to see their reactions tur- towards certain moments. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think enough said on that one. Um, this next one's all you, Jeremy. Uh, Diabolic. Um, probably one of the uh, oldest films we have on this list. I think it's the oldest this year. Yeah. 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 It's uh, this is one that I. Which God bless you, HBO Max, for you know to throw a little more shade at Netflix because Netflix deserves it. Like Netflix doesn't know any movies before 2005. So it's nice that HBO Max has, let's say a more um, historic catalog. Yes. And, and a lot of it, um, a a lot of the films uh, that HBO Max has in terms of, uh, in, in terms of like classics can also be found on the Criterion channel. Like this, this film Diabolic can be found on both. So it's kind of like whichever one you prefer to watch it on. Um, But Diabolic is a, um, is a French, is a French horror movie as it's a, it's a murder mystery, and uh, this one is very special because it was one of the main inspirations for Hitchcock's Psycho. It's nice. kind, it's kind of the Psycho before Psycho. A lot of um, you know, a lot of horror historians and horror enthusiasts like try try to like always try to pinpoint when specifically the slasher genre started. You know, some say it started with Halloween. Some say it started with the Italian Giallo films. Some say it started with Psycho. But there's you, you know, if you really want to go back, Diabolik has a lot of um, elements that uh, that have come in, in that have stayed with the slasher genre. So, nice. so yeah that that one that one is for like the the real horror history buffs out there well maybe maybe we'll we'll uh create some new horror history buffs with this very list um the next one on this list is scanners which is a movie that i've meant to see for a long long time and this year is going to be the year that i finally rectify that it will blow your head away (laughs) finally i've been looking for something to blow my head away some uh some good old head explosions in that one, but no. Please uh, kill me, uh, David. No, but but scanners scanners is is a lot of fun. It has much more of a um a playful tone than some of other some of David Cronenberg's other films. Uh-huh. Um, like some David Cronenberg films just make you just feel awful <laughs> by the end of yeah, it. Yeah, we and, also we were we were also considering putting the Brood on this one, right? On yeah, this list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the brood was actually featured on a previous year, so that's all right. There you go. That's why. But it, you know, after several years of doing thirty movies a year, um, the field gets narrower. But a little bit. Don't worry. Don't worry. We did it. A little bit. Um, but Scanners is a is a fun early eighties high concept science fiction horror film, um, with a great Michael Ironside performance. Um, Ooh, I do. I do love a, a good Michael Ironside. Uh, the main protagonist of this film, unfortunately, uh, 
kinda feels like the protagonist of like a uh, a point and click adventure game. <laughs> okay, go on, elaborate. Uh, specifically, like a '90s point and click adventure game where he's okay, where so he's, he's like combining a a chicken with uh, a rope or what? What do you mean? How do you mean? He's he's just he's just kind of a blank slate of a okay of, of a performance. Like he doesn't, um, he's not really the 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 greatest at emoting, or like really. Oh, you're saying he's no James Woods. He's no James Woods. Um, but on the other hand, his performance does kind of sell the very strange tone this film has. And All right. and it's, I just want to see somebody's head explode. You're so definitely gonna get, you're definitely gonna get gonna get that. So yes, All right. scanners. Scanners is a lot. Of, scanners is a good uh, intro to David Cronenberg. Fair enough. Yeah, if if you really want to get into his filmography, Scanners is a good place to start. And then what's our next one, Jeremy? Our last one for HBO Max. Um, the last one for HBO Max is Altered States. Another one I have not seen. Yeah, another very um another very trippy one this one i actually haven't haven't seen either but oh really yeah yeah all right cool well then we'll both be watching it for the first time this year what do you know about it um Uh, you wanted to put this one on so so tell me um it's it's like a very psychological uh horror film and it has a lot of uh science fiction elements um, it's very trippy. It has a lot of elements of um, psychedelia, and that's like one of its main plot el- plot elements. All right, so and take drugs with this one is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> or maybe don't take drugs. Maybe it'll it'll do that work for you. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, I think I think Gaspar Noé it really likes this movie. I think it okay. Heavily I see. It. So sure. We had um, climax on last year's list. That's true. That's true. That one will alter your states. Don't take drugs before you do that. Before you watch that one, if you're watching that one this year, because uh, the movie's enough on its own. All right, so that does it for HBO Max. Next up, we've got Amazon Prime. We've got four movies uh, to check out on Amazon Prime. The first one is one very near and dear to my heart that I feel like. Probably very, very few people um, have seen. Uh, and if you have seen it, please hit me up so I have someone to talk about this movie with. It's called Violence Voyager. Um, this is a animated movie. I think the first... It's the definitely the only animated movie on this list, but maybe even the only animated movie that's ever been on one of these lists. Have, you ever, have um, we ever had Coraline or something on a list? No, I don't think so. I think even last year when we did some Disney Plus movies, um, none of those were animated either. Um, but maybe we'll consider doing some more some more animated horror stuff in the future. But um, the director is just known as Ujicha. Um, and it is a... Uh, have you even watched like the trailer or anything for this, Jeremy? No, no, I haven't gotten around to it. I know... Um, you, I can vouch that Jack has been talking about this one a lot. 
Uh, yeah. The minute I watched this movie, I think I texted you, Jeremy, and was like, uh, dude, you should watch this fucking movie. Because it's honestly one of the weirdest fucking movies I've ever seen. And it is so unique and cool, right down to the animation style, all the way through to just... Honestly, I'm not going to say that much more. You can check out the trailer if you want to see like a little bit of what this is, but honestly, I would just just dive in and either you'll take that recommendation and you'll be like, fuck yeah, Jack, that was really cool and I love that. Or you'll say, Jack, please never talk to me again. Um, <laughs> your mileage may vary on that, but it is, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's animated, but it's done in a paper craft style. So all the animation in this movie is literally like hand painted paper, um, dolls i guess um for lack of a better word that is like held up in front of a video camera um and it creates this very like uncanny sort of look um that is just just watch this movie it's so cool <laughs> I, and i need somebody else to see it so i can talk to them about it yeah yeah i'll, I'll definitely give it a watch um, the next one is one that I think Jeremy, both you and I watched at a pretty young age. Oh yeah. Um, this is a classic for us. This is a classic in the Kolejewski household. Absolutely. It's a, it's arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about, tell me more about arachnophobia, Jeremy. Well, depending on your level of fear of spiders, this is probably the scariest movie on this yeah, list probably. yeah <laughs> this movie might be unwatchable for some of our listeners yeah yeah for real especially since they use a lot of real spiders um Mo yeah yeah so, definitely. so it has an all-star cast of oh of, the cast is just ugh. of including jeff daniels and john goodman who are just fucking acting their asses off and john goodman's role in arachnophobia is it really stands it's out. It's an all-timer. It's an all-timer. Yeah. And uh, it is about a, a... For those of you who did not grow up with this movie, um, it is about a, um, a like, this... This, like... A doctor. This doc yeah, this doctor who brings a... Who they, they go on this, like, expedition in Brazil... The, okay, the doctor does not go on this exposition. Well, no, I'm talking the 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 pony the the ponytail guy. Oh, sure. The, the researcher. Sure. Uh, he yes. he leads this expedition down to Brazil. Um, one of the guys gets bitten and killed by this by this like crazy ass Brazilian obscure spider. Um, he dies. His corpse gets sent to the. Uh, to like the, his hometown in like Spielberg. Where is it? Where does it take place? Spielbergian. Yeah. Spiel, Spielbergia is Spielbergia. This sure. this film was was produced by Spielberg, and it definitely has a lot of his vibe. Is is definitely in this film. Um, and the spider becomes a stowaway, and he and the the spider California yeah, is where this, it's supposed to take place. The spider yeah. breeds a whole mess of spider children. And the spider children wreak havoc on the uh, on the townspeople. Yeah, small town kind of like horror, but also it's funny. Like if you're afraid of spiders, this movie this movie will fuck you right up. 
if you're not afraid of spiders, it's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's pretty funny. It's definitely got that like kind of Spielberg sort of vibe to it. Um, it's a classic. It, and again, the John Goodman uh, role in this movie cannot be overstated. And this movie is PG-13, but it has some pretty like gnarly body horror. Well, it's like 90s PG-13. Yeah. So, you know, they... They get away with some gross stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and it, it has like legitimately like suspenseful sequences. Yeah, and as you said, the the use of real spiders for a lot of this movie, um, I, again, especially if you've if you, spiders are not your thing, it hits. Uh, the next one is the Neon Demon, yeah, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn movie, which. Um, I saw not too long after it came out, but I'm due for a rewatch um, because this it, it was the the movie that Nicholas Winding Refn did after Only God Forgives, yes. which most people I would say probably listening to a movie podcast have probably heard of Drive, but <laughs> Only God Forgives was kind of like the Nicholas Winding Refn's like whiplash to after being pretty like widely and critically well received with Drive. Um, he was like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna make a movie that's completely barely, like nearly unwatchable for most people, probably." And then the ne- Neon Demon followed that, and I would say the Neon Demon is probably somewhere in between those two movies. Yeah, yeah. Neon Demon has a lot of uh, has a lot of Jalo influences. Sure, and it I I think it's a great indictment of the uh, the the standards of Hollywood beauty. Yes, absolutely, and um, and it's and it's a it's beautiful. Like, yeah, I mean, like any Refn film, yeah, like you like colors. He's got colors. No one, no one can take away uh, Refn's ability to express color in his films. Perhaps the uh, the the one of the early um, pioneers of of the now famous bisexual lighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, the yeah, Neon Demon um, gets pretty gnarly. Sure. And, yeah. And uh, has has a has a great small Keanu role in it. Very rare Keanu villain. Role. Yes. Yes. I remember that Neon Demon came out around the same time as The Bad Batch. Do you remember that movie with Jason Momoa? Yes. And Keanu. Um, also a weird Keanu role. Um, anyway, yeah. Neon Demon, worth checking out. The last Amazon Prime movie that we've got here is a remake uh, of a little movie called Evil Dead. Yeah. And I think this this remake is underappreciated i think this remake whips ass yeah um i but i feel like i don't hear that many people talk about it and it kind of hurts me a little bit to see that this was this came out in 2013 which sounds like forever ago but it does not feel like that this movie is is that old but yeah the as a go ahead jerry yeah i mean the the main issue that this movie has is that it is indeed a remake of one of the most celebrated horror films ever made. Um, and it, it just, 
it just you can't help but compare it even though it's it's going for its own thing it it does yeah. share a lot of the dna with the original film but it's like it's tonally pretty different um the setup is is pretty different it's going for like different themes of like drug addiction drug addiction and, yeah, and yeah. self-destruction and I, I you know i can't really call it better or worse than the um than the original film but it's going for something yeah that's an un that would be an uphill battle to try to make that comparison one yeah, way or another. and 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 you know like remakes of classic horror films have had a deservedly bad rap uh, sure for for a very long time and like a lot of people who have never seen the evil dead remake just kind of just assume it's it's one of those yeah i think it's one of those movies that is so like you know well regarded as a classic the original evil dead that it's like oh this movie doesn't need a remake and it's like yeah okay sure no movie probably needs a remake but I think this one is is valid on its own terms, and I think it's worth checking out. And the ending of this movie, I'm not going to describe what happens, but it fucking kicks ass. Yeah, it's it's gnarly. It has a lot of really great um, modern practical gore. Yes, which is yes, awesome. it maintains that at the very least. For so if sure, you like Evil Dead for its modern practical gore, and honestly, I'm bummed that. I mean, I guess they, I, I haven't seen any of this, but I guess they did continue with like some Ash versus the Evil Dead stuff. I don't know how connected this it's, Evil Dead. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. Not at all. Okay. Well, I'm bummed <laughs> that they did not like continue with what they started with this 2013 remake, but. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for Amazon Prime. So we've got two more. Well, let's just say we have one more major streaming service here. And that's the big one. And we got seven movies for this one because it's Shudder. And if you like horror movies, this listen, we're not affiliated with Shudder. They're not paying us any money. If they would like to, call me. But um, as horror fans, we're here to say that Shudder kicks ass. It's pretty cheap and it has a lot of good shit on it. Um, so we're going to start with a couple of newer movies. And then Jeremy you threw some like some deep cut classics on here as well. Um so the first one on, on our list for Shutter is called Hunted, which Jeremy, you said you have not seen no, yet, no. right? So the director of this movie is just goes by Winschlush. Winschlus? Wish Winch Winschlus? Winslow? Anyway. Sure. Wishless? Um perhaps. Who can say? Um And it is a... Uh, oh no wait. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe maybe Google is failing me here because actually on IMDb, the director says Vincent Paranod. But anyway, this is like a pretty, I would say, economical indie um, horror movie. Primarily, it's two main um, actors. And it's this is what I alluded to earlier as um, another chase movie. Essentially, it is a man who is pursuing this woman and trying to kill this woman and he is pursuing her through the woods um but it has just the the two leads in this movie just have like such electric chemistry with each other and are just firing on all cylinders and are just manic in a way that just kicks ass um and it is it's it's briskly paced um it achieves a lot i think with um what I would assume is a pretty small 
budget. Um, and it's definitely, it, it is, it's fun. It's a good time. Good to Nothing know. Nothing bad there, Jeremy. Good yeah. to, good to, check it out. Yeah. You might like it. Um, and then the next one on here is also one that I picked out. It's called Caveat. Um, this one is, I think this is also a foreign movie. I don't know that much about the background, but, um, it's another, um, relatively, I would say probably small budget horror indie movie, um, directed by and written by Damian McCarthy. Um, it's, uh, it's, this one is weirder. Um, I think it has a pretty cool, like, very, like, dark aesthetic to it. There's this puppet in this movie, this little, like, rabbit puppet um, that's very spooky. It's about this guy who goes to um, an island to – he basically has to just, like, babysit this woman who is mentally troubled. um, And he's kind of in this house with this woman and some weird shit happens from there so it's it's it is it again it's oh it's a it's a british movie um and uh it's again doing a lot with with very little i think um and it's definitely worth checking out very good very good that that that's old me and then the rest of these shutter movies on here jeremy are all your recommendations although um, I am. I do really want to see this next one on this list. So, so the next one is a unique specimen, as it is both a new release and an old release at the same time. Yes. So, this is the amusement park, and what the amusement park is is an old lost film directed by George Romero that he made in the seventies which was originally meant to be a PSA against elder abuse. Okay. And I didn't know the uh the tidbit about the PSA yeah, part. That's interesting. Yeah. And the reason why it was kind of like more or less abandoned. This isn't even like fully feature length. It's only like 50 something minutes. Yeah, it's pretty short. Is right? is that I guess you kind of get what you pay for cuz if you hire george romero to make a psa he's gonna make some fucked up shit sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah especially like early george romero where he was like real hungry um so so like i think i think they like denied ever this like the, the people who commissioned george romero to uh to make this movie they like denied it and it just it just remained buried for 40 something years until it was recently restored so you can see it for yourself on shutter and see a um an old man uh be like severely like physically abused in an amusement park to to quite a disturbing degree and great it has it psa but it has i mean it, it it's it works more like a a film than it does a PSA. Let's let's. It's a weird one. All right, I'm sold. It's it's a very weird one, but it's it's worth seeking out. The next one is a much more modern one. It's called uh, the Beach House. This is yeah. This one looks interesting. This to me. this is a this is a fun one. This is like a a family 
um, like kind of like a, dis- a dysfunctional family. They have some like familiar familial tension. They go to a beach house to like let off some steam, and some weird cosmic shit starts happening. Okay, I like cosmic shit. If you are a fan of something like Color Out of Space, um, and like Lovecraftian, uh inspired horror horror stories i would recommend checking out the beach house to be honest color of color out of space did not hit for me like i was hoping it would uh-huh. um i thought it was cool but it it did not did not quite quite fully land for me so maybe the beach house will fare better it reminds me from what i've seen of it and i've seen very little of it to be honest um but it, what was the um ah shit um i'm not going to be able to give you any of the details of this uh the vacation the airbnb movie that i think you didn't think was that great with um oh boy this is great radio <laughs> it'll come back to me i'll figure it out you tell me about oh, angst in is, the it, is it the, the one with dave franco that's it the franco one yes oh directed by dave franco too yeah I think, yeah right? yeah i forgot the name of that too um the movie is neat Shout out Dave Franco. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Tell me about Angst, Jeremy. Angst is a is a hell of a thing from the um the early eighties. It was a uh, it it was a prime example of um a video nasty. This movie was banned in Europe for how violent and fucked up it was. That was that was Okay. If you know, it's worth looking into like the video nasty uh, movement of the '80s, where like the UK government uh, banned a whole bunch of, um, a whole bunch of like horror and like exploitation right. films, including or just check out uh, check out censor, which yeah, is all yeah, about that. Yeah, that's uh, recent that's, movie. that's not on our list, but censor goes um, takes takes place like within the the midst of that. And uh, I think the only reason Sensor's not on our list is because it what it's not it's still only like for a rental. It's yeah, not actually yeah, on a streaming service. Yeah. I feel like that one is primed to come to like Hulu or some shit. Oh yeah. Give it another couple months. Um by the way, the movie that we could not remember is called The Rental. Yes. The rental. The rental. So um Angst is a very, very intense uh film it's about a, a serial it's a very simple premise but it's about a serial killer stalking a woman but it's really relentless in the way it portrays how the serial killer like goes after this woman like it really puts all like the emotions and like the disturbing context like up front and center and very realistically portrays it and this one this one's not an easy watch it's it might shake you a bit. It kind of sounds like um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, it's it, they people have made comparisons. It came out around a similar time. Um, it's 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 not a feel good movie in uh, in any way. It's it's like if you're if you don't like the portrayals of like realistic violence and like the like realistic depictions of people getting hurt real bad um maybe don't seek this one out but if you <laughs> if 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 you want if you want something like oh that's a, that's a bit more like challenging sure i mean horror comes in all flavors and again we're trying to we're trying to get some variety with these lists so <laughs> and speaking of variety 
we have Bloodbeat. Bloodbeat is the complete opposite of of angst. Um, so this one is to make a good double feature then. <laughs> so Bloodbeat is for all you um aforementioned gobblers out there, as this is a thanks shout out gobblers. This is a Thanksgiving um horror film. And it is about a uh or is it Chris it's like it's like kind of Thanksgiving, kind of Christmas at the same time. I know there's a turkey dinner at some point. Okay. Um, sure. So it's about a um a family getting uh getting together to sell to celebrate one of those two holidays. Um when a uh a killer in samurai armor shows up and starts murdering people. Hate when that happens at my family dinner. I know. Awkward. <laughs> I know. And it's Although sometimes when politics gets mentioned, oh. I wish a samurai would come up and kill me. Hey now. Oh. Uh that sounds cool though. Anyway, yeah, it's this this one is Is it like goofy? Yeah, or yeah. Is it... It's it's okay. like it's pure unadulterated goofy eighties uh slasher. Um, I don't even think this ever got a theatrical release. I think it came straight to VHS when it when it came okay. out, and cool. it recently got. A so it's an older it's an older movie then. Yeah, it came out. It's like 1983. It it just recently got restored, um, for HD viewing, and it's hmm. it's nuts. <laughs> it's it's uh, all right. If if you want just like pure, um. 80s cheese and uh and just just pure batshit craziness and you've exhausted all the um all the more famous examples of that mm -hmm. then you've already seen chopping mall if you've already seen chopping mall then then blood beat should should fill that void or maybe you've just watched <laughs> angst and you need something you need a bit of a pick-me-up <laughs> All right, one more, Jeremy. Take it away. So we're ending on. We kind of started with a giallo, and we're kind of ending on a uh, on a giallo. This is Messiah of Evil. Now, um, Messiah of Evil is it. It okay? So it's very much. It has it has I've, I feel like I've said this a lot in this podcast. It shares a lot of DNA with Giallo, but this okay. is actually like an American production. Oh, interesting! But it has a lot of the. Um, it's like a cross between a Giallo film and like a seventies um, cult horror film. Like literally, not even I don't mean like cult as in like like it gained a certain audience. I mean like literally like like something like. Uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, or um, or the Wicker Man. Sure. Where okay. this this is like this one doesn't really have much of a much of a traditional story, but it's it's very visual and it's very um, it's very psychedelic, it's very surreal. I like all those things. Um, but and and it doesn't really get talked about as much as uh as as say like Suspiria or even Birth of Crystal Plumage, but it was recommended to me um by like the the real like hardcore Jalo um 
and like and like European horror film uh, aficionados. And the Jollo heads. The Jollo heads. Like yeah. yeah, I don't know if they sure. like to be called that, but that is that is. No, the they do. They told. They told me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but so that's it for Shutter. Unless you've got anything else you want to throw in there about Messiah of Evil. No, Jeremy. no, that's that's basically it. That's all I we have. I could really say about it. We have two bonus movies here. Um, one of them is available on Tubi, um, and this is a classic one. Uh, this one did get an American remake, but we're not talking about that one. We're talking about the original Japanese film, Pulse. Pulse kicks ass. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, this one is free on Tubi. Um, I think Tubi... With commercials, With commercials, right? but, unfortunately. But limited commercials. Um, right. Tubi, to me, has like some low-key one of the best selections in terms of a streaming service it's you find so many like little little goodies in there and it's completely free and and it, you you find stuff that you can't really find anywhere else um and pulse is really great pulse is another very much like same director kiyoshi kurosawa um very like very well known in the lexicon of jr and pulse is very interesting because like it pre- predicted how the internet um how lonely the internet makes people because the the original was what 2001 or two yeah i think the american remake was like 2006 something like that yeah yeah pulse just has such a phenomenal atmosphere to it Mm. it is chilling yeah in a way that a lot of these movies you know it it is on the the more like low key kind of side, but it is very it just it just cuts deep, you know. It kind of sinks in. Very much so. Very much so. It it was on Amazon Prime uh, fairly recently. That's where I watched it kind of recently, but um, now it's on Tubi and that's free. And then we've got one more final movie on here, and this is another bonus because this one I heard of recently and watched. The entirety of it on YouTube, um, which somebody just uploaded this movie to YouTube. So ethical considerations aside, I don't know, but you can't find it anywhere else as far as I could tell. Um, Occult is a, is a, you haven't seen this, right, Jeremy? No, I haven't. It is a, it is a fictional documentary film. So you can think of almost something like in the same kind of wheelhouse as something like Lake Mungo, which we've featured on prior lists every year, pretty much. I'm like, oh, can we put like Lake Mungo on, on the list? And I look back and we've, we've already done it. But um, if you haven't seen that one, that one rocks as well. But Occult is another Japanese uh, horror film about a small documentary team who is trying to um, learn more about this this um, mysterious stabbing case that happens. Um, and they, as they kind of unravel it, it gets into some of the like cosmic horror sort of, um, wheelhouse and it, it similar to pulse and similar to, to like Mungo as well. It, it has a very kind of like chilling atmosphere to it. It is pretty low budget. So like some of the special effects are a little, maybe, you know, 
not the best, but I personally think that that adds to the character of it. Um, and, you know, with what's going with what it's dealing with, I think that it actually kind of works in its favor almost. Um, and all on our list, you know, every one of these movies is going to have a link to a trailer associated with it. This one's link is just going to be the whole movie. So you can just click that link and then watch the whole movie. So, um, that's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. That I've actually haven't really heard of this one. Yeah. I heard of it. I don't even know. I just saw somebody mention it, um, recently online thought that sounded interesting and, and checked it out and, and found the whole thing on YouTube and didn't find it anywhere else. So, um, yeah. And that's going to do it for this year's list. Um, so, uh, once again, you can check that out on storyscreenbeacon.com. Um, this should be published right around the beginning of October. So again, we've got a movie for you every day of the best month of the year. Um, and while you're at it, you can also check out, um, uh, story screens, beacon horror show, the seventh annual beacon horror show, um, Taking place where at story in the theater in the theater. Yes. This used to be horror show used to be all around town, but now we've got, uh, now we've got a real joint to check out these movies and there's, there's a lot of good shit. Um, this month, um, psycho Carrie, the witch, one of my all time favorites. Uh, and then a bunch of new stuff as well. Like, uh, titane lamb. Is that, is that how you're supposed to pronounce that titane or is it titany? It's French, so God knows. It's, it's, it's Titan you know? A.E. It's the Titan A.E. Yeah, yeah. It's the fucking, it's the fucking uh, animated early 2000s. Dude, I love Titan A.E. I, I, I would watch that in a theater anytime. Lamb is in there. Both the Scream and Scream 2, Little Shop of Horrors, all kinds of stuff. Psycho, uh, ha- I think I said that already. Halloween 3. Halloween 3, which is, yes, and Halloween Kills. And, and, and Halloween Kills, sure, but Halloween 3 is awesome and it's starting to become a bit of a uh it's starting to get a bit of a a renaissance these days uh people hated it when it came out but it's it's really starting to come into its own and it's really starting to find its audience it's such it's such a fun and clever little movie that i think i think its biggest issue is that it's associated with the halloween franchise but it's very much its own thing I have never seen it, so that will be my first time seeing it this year. Um, so yeah, check that stuff out. All that stuff is um, all the the dates and tickets are available on the website. So check that out. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you there. Um, and you can check out that and a whole bunch of other goodies at StoryScreenBeacon.com. You can check us out on Instagram on Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon. You can check us out on Twitter at Story underscore Screen. Jeremy, thank you once again for writing this list with me. I always very much enjoy putting these together every year. And uh, we both have some movies to watch. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm excited to get going. I'm probably going to start even a little early. September for me counts as uh, pre-October. So I'm going to start watching some more horror movies. Um, and I'm sure you will too, Jeremy. And I, I hope out there, dear listener, you're joining in on the fun festivities as well. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you out there for listening and have a good October. Stay spooky. Stay spooky, my friends. 